Augustus, Marcus Aurelius, Hadrian, Trajan, great Roman leaders, master tacticians, military conquerors, and superior administrators, men of the people and the very model of dignity. Caligula, Nero, Commodus, and Elagabalus were none of these things. They were misfits, psychopaths, narcissists, and losers. The worst emperors of Rome murdered and sacrificed thousands and brought dishonor on the eternal city. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. The final episode of the second season of Blind History with me and my co-host Anthony Medro, who's the MD of Taylor Blinds. This is one we've been waiting to do for a while. It was actually a suggestion of compiling four of the very worst Roman emperors into one episode. Because each of them on their own would be fascinating, but you almost want to compare how bad they all were. And they so, were shocking. Shocking. So we've chosen Caligula, Nero, Commodus, and Elagabalus. And some of them are more well-known than others. That's but a great mix. Doing this research, I was blown away by how absolutely insane some of these guys were. Now, Caligula and Nero were both descendants of the original Julia Claudians, Julius and Augustus Caesar, who were the greatest emperors of Rome, right? How could they be such disasters? It must have been something in the genes. More than likely, but if you look at Germanicus, uh, Caligula's dad, revered general, brilliant, Mm. absolutely brilliant, and loved little Caligula. Yeah, he took him on campaign with him. The troops actually called him Caligula, which means little boots, because he was running around in the army encampments with a pair of little legionaries' boots on. And they loved him. And and, and, and the mother was also uh, Agrippina the senior. Yeah, um, she was the daughter of Julia, who was Augustus's daughter. And she was stable. He had a great upbringing. But in ancient Rome at the time, if you got too powerful, and Germanicus did get too powerful, he avenged the Tudorburg forest disaster that was before him. The military loved him. And Tiberius, who was the emperor at the time, got nervous. So he recalled him to Rome and then sent him to the east. And subsequently, he probably killed him. Yeah. And then the family, Agrippina the senior and the two older brothers, were killed. Starved to death. So then that must have been the pain that started, possibly, that that was the rot that started going into Caligula's head. Well, it's probably worth mentioning at this point that when Caligula did become emperor, he had, first of all, won himself over to the good graces of Tiberius by being a brilliant actor. So he survived because he never let on that he didn't like Tiberius. And therefore, Tiberius, by the end of his life, had to nominate someone as his successor. And I thought, this is a nice little boy. I'll let him be emperor. He was made emperor at a very young age, too. I think he was, what, 16 or something? And for the first six months of his of his time as emperor, he was promising. And then he had a serious bout of illness. People think he might have been epileptic, but he had this serious bout of illness, and that became a completely different kettle of fish because from there he developed paranoia, and he was very, very dangerous, just capricious as all hell, changed his mind like you can't believe, and became alarmingly erratic, according to historians. Particularly to that story, when he was lying on his deathbed, a lot of senators and a lot of um, patricians thought, no, this guy's dead. And they didn't go and visit him. Or they didn't you mean really Tiberius? Th- no, I'm talking about Caligula. They thought he was going to die when he was so sick. Oh, right. Okay. They said, he's on his deathbed. He's not going to make it. And so they started 
talking behind his back and, and also not going to see him. And when he recovered, he purged all of them. He <laughs> took all of them out, and that was the start of it. Well, there supposedly was incest with his sister, although that could have just been ugliness from the, the historians who didn't like him after the fact. Um, his sister, that one, Julia Drusilla. Mm. And then when she died, he was heartbroken because he had named her as his heir. Um, he hadn't had children yet. I think he was in love with it. You know, some people say that he was actually in love with her. Yeah, yeah and, and that's where the rumors of incest might have mm-hmm. come from. But his other two sisters, he wasn't so fond of. He exiled them to some island, and they didn't make it. <laughs> he, he was he was supposedly quite childish, and he would like taunt people and be very insulting. I mean, he was smart enough to know how to insult people properly, and they would always bear these grudges against him. So he developed a lot of enemies. Um, he loved humiliating the Senate, and he often would joke that he could make anyone a consul, mm. even his horse. His horse. Then he made his horse a priest, but he died before he could make him a consul. So, His horse and, was called Incitatus. And he had a, a marble stable. Yeah. I mean, these are the kinds of things that we just… So maybe there's a bit of softness in there. Well, sure. He did have some interesting construction projects. Most of them were his luxury homes that he wanted to build, and he established… Probably the first proper original absolute monarchy in Rome. He started things like treason trials, which were already uh, starting to develop a bad name for themselves. And he, among other things, slept with other men's wives and bragged about it. Mm. That's not a good way to go. No. So eventually, but he didn't care. No, eventually he taunted the wrong guy, a guy called Caria, who was the Praetorian guard chief, and they, um, they killed him. Yeah. They stabbed him they to stabbed death. stabbed him to death. And they say he might have had hypothyroidism because he was reported to have had this very scary stare. And they always picture him in coins having this very thin neck and this big head. And if you look at people who have hypothyroidism, they have these bulging eyes, which are kind of scary. Well, he apparently was ugly. He was tall, pale. He used to contort his face a lot to make people scared of him. The story that, that sits really, I mean, it's just incredible to think about it, was obviously they study history books and it was when Xerxes crossed the Hellespont. Mm-hmm. The legend goes that he built this bridge across the Hellespont with boats. So Caligula thought, no, this sounds brilliant. So across the Bay of Naples. So there was absolutely no point to do that uh, because it would take one mile longer if you went by road. A bridge of boats and he put Alexander the Great's, allegedly, he put Alexander the Great's breastplates on and he rode up and down up and down he even had little places on the way to stop and rest and have food and to prove a point and also the legend goes further to say that they said you've got as much chance of being emperor as you have of riding across the bay of naples with your horse and therefore he wanted to prove them exactly jeez all right well caligula was just the start of the crazy emperors nero came next Nero started off quite well too, also became emperor at a young age, tutored by Seneca, who was a great tutor, he was an able administrator, and then he started murdering, and he didn't stop. He started by murdering Britannicus, who was his stepbrother, and he was supposed to share the empire with him, so he poisoned Britannicus. Then he murdered his wife Octavia, who he had executed on trumped-up adultery charges. Because he was keen on some other lady. Called Poppea. Yeah. Right, we'll get to her just now. He also sent his own mother to her death. He tried to sink a boat that she was on. And when she managed to swim to shore, they found her and he ordered that they beat her to death. 
his own mother. You know that um, his mother, she wasn't, <laughs> she, she not necessarily, she was sweet, but she had the, she had the personality of a black mamba. <laughs> she, I mean, she poisoned a fair share of people to get him on the throne. Yeah. And then when he jilted her, she wanted to take him out. Yeah, so, that, so there was a really good sense of family values yeah, going on in Nero's family. Agrippina the Younger. <laughs> so he did fall in love with a girl called Poppea, who was apparently very beautiful. And it was all lovely for a long time, until he eventually ended up kicking her to death. When while she was she, pregnant. While she was pregnant, yeah. yeah. So a real charmer. That, yeah, so it really gives you an indication of, of the, the character of the man. So apparently he didn't start the Great Fire of Rome. There are lots of rumors that were written afterwards. But he was quite a good guy at that stage. He offered to pay for people to find new homes. He came in with relief. He redesigned the city, rebuilt much of it in brick because a lot of it had been made of, of stuff that was flammable before then, like wood. But he he wasn't really a good guy. He He was pretending to do all of that so he could build an enormous palace for himself called the Domus Aurea. Very impressive building. There's still some parts of it today, I believe. Yeah, apparently there were machines that were built to spray perfume on guests the whole time as they walked through it. And there was one room made entirely of gold. And the walls, the ceiling, the floor. Just getting back to the, the fire, I can just imagine, you know, we have to look at propaganda and stories being told. But you just imagine your leader is standing on the roof of his palace playing... Um, the liar. Yeah, whatever it might be, and screaming at everybody and going crazy because he really wanted to be an actor. I yeah. mean, ultimately, and that's what he wanted to do. Well, he forced the Senate and everyone who was uh, willing or able to sit around and watch these interminable recitals of his. Yeah, apparently, it was terrible. Terrible. Talentless. Just absolutely shit. Couldn't sing. Couldn't act. And he was fat. And he grew a beard because he didn't have a chin. Mm. So he, he had a few challenges and he smelled quite bad. So, but the worst was when he built this Domus Aureus and he started to get a lot of heat, excuse the pun, on the fire. Yeah. And so he decided, um, look, he needs to, he needs to find another scapegoat. So mm. the Christians, up until Constantine, the time of Constantine, where they really became the religion in Rome, but up until then they were. They were a minority. Yeah, the minority, exactly. Mm. And so what he did was he would, Hunt them down. I mean, he would put some of them, he would put skins on them so that the wild dogs could eat them. And he had dinner parties at the Domus Aureus and he would light the Christians on so fire. Like, a, on like fire. a human lantern. Exactly. Yeah. So a human lantern. That's exactly what it was. Human lanterns. And all his friends and all the patricians would enjoy themselves and have a good evening drinking wine while, while the, the Christians were burning. While the Christians were burning. Holy shit. And that's how he deflected the, you know, the blame of the fire. But he was, he was a coward. Yeah, and he, he also used to do things, stupid things, like, for example, he went to the Olympic Games in Greece and had himself awarded with all the laurel wreaths. Even though he fell from his chariot, they gave him the wreath because he would have won if he hadn't mm. fallen, that kind of thing. So he was just convinced he was better than everyone else, even though he was very average. He shouldn't have gone to Greece because, I mean, Rome was uh, – there was the worst famine at that yeah. time. It was bankrupt. Mm. You know, Claudius who, who – His predecessor, yeah. Predecessor, he wasn't half bad. He ruled Rome, and they had quite a decent coffer of what he'd built up. And Nero just spent it all. Spent it all. They were bankrupt, very similar to his uh, uncle Caligula. Well, there's a story about how at one stage during uh, one of the games, there was one of the stands that the audience was sitting on, and he got bored because they ran out of prisoners, 
and there were a whole lot of wild animals in the arena. So he ordered them to just tip all those people into the arena so they could be eaten. <laughs> just for fun. He's definitely working for the people. <laughs> well, he, interestingly enough, was always adored by the plebs. The plebs, for years mm. after his death, continued to worship him as a god, and they thought he was terrific. But when he realized that the game was up, he went off to his estate in the north of, of He Rome. ran away. He ran away. With four of his mates. But the challenge was none of them wanted to kill him because he couldn't kill himself. He was too lacking in courage, really, for yeah. any of that to happen. But he ordered his men to dig a grave for him. And then when they heard the horses coming, and by the way, the Senate didn't want to have him killed. He was so paranoid, he'd built mm. this whole story up in his head. He said to his mates, look, one of you's got to kill me. So one mm. of them stabbed him. And then the, the messenger from the Senate got there and tried to save him because they said, we, we mm. still want you to be emperor because you're the last of this Julio-Claudian dynasty. On that story of his death, he bungled that as well. He said to one of his servants, you show me how it's done. So he forced his servant to stab himself to show him how he had to commit suicide. So, I mean, I... Anyway, he expired and he was buried. And the only thing that remained of him, because Romans would go and they would deface the memory of old emperors. So they'd remove them from the record effectively. And like they'd chisel out their name <laughs> off of monuments. But the one thing that remained of Nero's was this enormous statue called the Colossus of Nero, which was right outside the Colosseum. And the Colosseum got its name from that statue eventually. And that leads us on to the third wicked emperor, Commodus, who took that same statue, replaced Nero's head with his head, and put a club in its arm and a lion at its feet to represent Hercules. He thought he was the Roman Hercules. And uh, Commodus had such a strong um, lineage. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you love Marcus Aurelius. Oh, yeah, he's one of my top emperors. And Commodus is just such a disappointment. People say that he was the start of the, of, of the end of the Roman Empire. In fact, I think Cassius Dio said, Commodus took Rome from a kingdom of gold to one of iron and rust. Which then backs up your theory about Marcus Aurelius being the last of the great emperors. When you put it into perspective, there was a lot of things that were happening. The grain supply was, was under threat. There was famine and there was plague, serious plague that it took out a lot of the men that were fighting the wars. And from the economic perspective, those are really the main reasons. Commodus really just played around. You know, it's. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it wasn't a time of, of war because Marcus no. Aurelius waged nonstop wars. Correct. Commodus was mostly in favor of peace, but it was more his personality that infuriated people. Exactly. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix plays the role of Commodus in the movie Gladiator, mm. which was really well done. And he used to actually take to the arena. I mean, Commodus's singular obsession was, in a similar way to Nero, who was the performer, Commodus thought he was a gladiator. But the problem was he didn't really fight fair. So he would mm. dress up as Hercules. He'd have a lion over his head as a headdress. He'd come in there with different weapons, and he would he'd fight other gladiators, but they would always be at a disadvantage. What we as now in our era think gladiators, and, and you know, with the movie coming out, they were the scum of the earth. Yeah, I mean, they, they were prisoners. They were, they, were, yeah, they were ruffians. Nobody, I mean, for an emperor to be getting into the ring with these, it was absolutely crazy. That's... They it was beneath be, him. It was beneath him. And they killed him just before his last big stage event. They just said, no, you can't do it anymore. And that's why they killed him. Well, apparently at that last show, he would take to the arena and at many other shows before then, he'd go in and he would just murder like thousands of animals. He would fire arrows at them. He'd throw javelins at them. But just 
thousands of animals that he would he would kill. And as you say, he went through a period of, of particularly crummy Roman history in terms of famine and the bankruptcy of the treasury. He used to go around to fill the coffers by executing wealthy citizens and then just confiscating their property. And mm. even that wasn't enough to build up the treasury. But, you know, like Caligula and Nero, you know, it started out, okay, look, Caligula only lasted six months. Mm. And Commodus didn't rule for very long. The first four years were with his dad, which really his dad controlled everything. But he finished the war in that he made peace treaties mm. on the Danube. And then the people back in Rome said, that's brilliant. You know, it's war costs money, et cetera, et cetera. You've, you've done the right thing. But he was just lazy. Yeah, he was lazy. He was a spoiled brat. He grew up as, a, as the son of this great emperor. And there were lots of plots against him while he was emperor, including plots from his own sister, who thought that it would be a good idea to get rid of him and put herself in power. Um, there was a fire also during his reign. So these fires seem to come up every time there's a terrible leader. And he tried to rename Rome. He named Rome Commodiana. Yeah. And other provinces he gave his own name. Now, it's interesting that in later English, the commode would come to mean the bathroom, the toilet. And I wonder if that's by mistake or whether that's something that the Romans intended because he left such an ugly legacy. One of our, our reports says there is a link. Oh, really? It, yes. Huh. So that's interesting. He was left-handed and apparently claimed to be the only left-handed man to have combated and killed 12,000 men. Impressive. If that number's right, it just means he murdered 12,000 men. It doesn't mean he fought them in open combat. No, but he was actually quite handy. He was a very good shot. Yeah. He was very good with his arrows, and so he was handy, but everything was rigged, there's yeah. no doubt. Well, they eventually strangled him in the bath. His trainer strangled him. A wrestler. A wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> Finished him off, <laughs> and uh, that was the end of him. And that brings us to the last and probably the weirdest of the Roman emperors. He also had a very short reign from 218 to 222 AD. So four, four years, but they felt, must have felt to everyone there like a decade because the guy became emperor at 14 mm. and his real name is lost to history, but it was something like Marcus Aurelius. You know, they would take on the names of other emperors. He eventually called himself Elagabalus. And you know, if you want to His be funny, first name was Bassianus. Well, that <laughs> I don't know if I'm pronouncing it wrong, Gareth. To be honest, <laughs> but that's how I remembered it because it's quite a difficult ba name. <laughs> Bassianus. Bassianus, and it's spelled the last part is A N U S. Well, that's fitting, and we'll tell that you why. That was his original name. Yeah. I mean, they say he was a little eccentric, right? Yeah, there's no doubt. <laughs> so he called himself Elagabalus because he took on the cult of the Syrian god. Ilah Gabal. And in order to show that he was really devoted to this god, he decided to circumcise himself, which is something that Romans didn't do. No, that was so, off the charts. And he did it there in public for everyone to see. So that should have been a warning that there was something crazy going on. He had a stone brought to Rome, which was supposedly a meteorite of some kind. And it was a conical shape black stone that they called Sol Invictus, the embodiment of the sun. And uh, he'd paraded around Rome, and they, everyone would have to get down on their knees and, and worship the stone. His mom was critical in his grandmother to bring him into power. But he was a Syrian. But Caracalla before him, so he also. But what happened, Caracalla was Romanized. He wasn't Romanized. Elagabalus wasn't Romanized at all. He's a proper Syrian. So he came in these weird clothes. His big claim to fame where he got the military behind him. They were walking the streets in Syria at the time, and they saw he was the high priest at that age. 
And they said, sure, this is a, a very attractive young boy. So they all got behind him. And before you knew it, he was... Romans had no problem getting behind an attractive young boy. No, definitely not. So, they, so the next moment he was emperor of Rome. Yeah, so apparently, according to some of the historians, here's an, here's an exact quote. He abandoned himself to the grossest pleasures and ungoverned fury. Um, and because he was so young, he had a, a very strange sexual behavior about him, which they never really have managed to figure out. They think he might have been a transgender person who wanted to transition because he would have paid, according to some people, any amount of money to a surgeon who could build him a vagina. Yeah, that's exactly right. That was the first time that they'd seen that. Yeah, and in history, we talk about how some things have always been there. This is definitely mm-hmm. proof that that might have been the case with him. Yeah. Um, but he would do everything he could. You mentioned he was Syrian. He'd do everything he could to upset the Roman customs. So he married the chief Vestal Virgin. Which is punishable by death. Yes. He would do outrageous things like he would wear a wig he would depilate his whole body, so he'd get rid of all the hair on his body. He would paint Makeup. his eyes like yeah. a woman. And then he would prostitute himself around the palace and wherever else he could. He turned the palace into a prostitution building. Yeah. And he would be one of the prostitutes. Yeah. So he was the emperor of Rome. <laughs> he was one of the prostitutes. You're still outraged. Yeah. 2,000 yeah. years later, you still can't get over it. But he um, had a string of male lovers. But he also married five different women. And he had a husband. <laughs> yes. And that really, that was the final Zoticus. straw. Zoticus. Yeah, but that was the final straw. Because in the, ultimately in the <laughs> end, for the Romans. Husband. He had So he actually said, I'm your wife. Yeah. Nobody minded. They didn't know? mind homosexuality. I mean, uh, Hadrian famously was a homosexual yeah, emperor, but a great emperor. And he had a lover called Antinous. Who was his lover for his whole life? But they didn't have a problem with that. With no. this guy, they had a problem because he wanted to be the bride. He not wanted the to be husband. the bride, he, yeah. exactly. So the Romans, I thought, no, this is just too much, even for them. And then also the husband, he got upset because Elagabalus started showing eyes for some other <laughs> guy that he wanted to make his husband. That was just the beginning of the end. <sighs> Plus, his mother had had enough, and his grandmother thought, no, this guy's completely. <laughs> so he had a cousin, Alexander Severus. And he was going to be the next one. So, they, so the mother said, no, we've got to get rid of this oak. Well, the grandmother was chief in orchestrating the plot to have him killed. I mean, your gra- if your gran mm. wants to kill you, you must know you're a pretty awful person. Um, he, according to other quotes I've found, was unspeakably disgusting in his life and the least able emperor Rome ever had. You know, where do you read anything about him being in the Senate or dealing with any administrative just having sex the yeah, whole time that's all he ever wanted to pretty do pretty much all he was doing yeah the palace into into you're horrified uh, I, <laughs> you know we walk around rome and we see these beautiful buildings you know you just imagine it was a big racket <laughs> yeah, it's for a big prostitution racket. <laughs> um the word heliogabalo in spanish still means to be very very greedy so that's survived him mm. even though he didn't make it and eventually when they did get him, he was hiding in a box with his mother um, and his grandmother ordered that they just both be slaughtered. So they, they had their heads cut off. They had their bodies dragged around Rome with a chariot and then they threw him into the Tiber River. Yeah, so he wasn't even no honorable burial. Nothing. He went down the river into the sea. Hmm. Probably fitting. So those are four emperors you're glad you didn't live during the reign of. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> And that is a wrap on season two of Blind History. I hope we've finished it suitably dramatically enough. It was a great ride. (laughs) 
<laughs> Start off with some really excellent people and end off with the worst. <laughs> Slippery slap. Yeah, thank you for listening. <laughs>